Welcome to the Diamond Podcast with Nate Laney and Roby, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard, and today's album is... Bad by Michael Jackson. But before anything else, here's our music news. And welcome back to your music news. First off, earlier this year, Camila Cabello became the first Hispanic woman singer to earn an RIAA Diamond Single Award. It was Havana, imagine that. Mm -hmm. Elton John turned 75 years ago. Old on March 27th. <laughs> uh, Miley Cyrus celebrated 16 years of Hannah Montana. Longtime Deftones bassist Sergio Vega is leaving. Me and Roby are down here making notes to each other. So. Is leaving the band due to a contract dispute. Uh, the Foo Fighters have canceled all their upcoming tour dates. Due to the staggering loss of Taylor Hawkins. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 I was really no. torn up about it. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> unfortunate. Really, I'm really torn up about it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Tom Parker, a member of the popular boy band The Wanted, um, died at the age of 33. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ignore them, all you listeners. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, After an impressive 55-year career, music legend Phil Collins has officially played his last ever show. And it was at the O2 Arena in London. Paul McCartney pins a letter to Starbucks asking them to stop charging extra for plant-based milk. Huh. Good take. I don't know if he's vegan, but he's vegetarian, and he started this thing called Meat Free Mondays. Mm Mm-hmm. Priorities, Paul. Um, moving on, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, after being, I guess, initiated to be on the Walk of Fame or whatever, they back in 2008, they finally got their star. Uh, the Sex Pistols is having a TV series that is heading to Hulu soon. Johnny Rotten decrees upcoming Sex Pistols compilation as substandard. That's a bummer. And performers of all generations gathered this past Friday to honor Joni Mitchell as Music Care's Person of the Year. I love Joni Mitchell. Pay Paradise, put up a parking lot. I like that one, and then I like uh, so different pentatonics. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? Isn't that the no. one that sings like a girl? No, Joni Mitchell was like famous in like the seventies, maybe even sixties. Yeah, I wasn't born then. So. Next. Foo Fighters have won 15 Grammy Awards, which is the most by any American band in history. Um, Harry Styles, as it was, has now sold over 100,000 units in the U.S., and it has become the fastest-selling single of 2022. And last, but certainly not least, Kanye West will no longer headline Coachella. He withdrew. Sad face. That's it for your music news. And we're back, but before we get into anything else, here's our social medias. The Twitter, TDMPod, TDMPOD. The Instagram, The Diamond Mind Podcast. The YouTube, uh, for face and vlogs and things of the sort so you can see what Roby looks like. Uh, the Diamond Mind, <laughs> if you look up The Diamond Mind Podcast, be the first thing that pops up. The TikTok, Diamond Mind Podcast. Uh, follow, like, subscribe, comment, do all the things. DM us. Share. <laughs> share. Yeah, share with your friends. At, what, was the, what was the state? 
Delaware? It's Delaware. We yeah. still, I don't think we still have anyone from Delaware. So, yeah, Delaware. Anyways, you got anything to say before we... Uh, oh, wait. Give us some specs on the album, lady. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. This album went ten times platinum. Fun fact, it took 30 years for it to become certified diamond. Dang. Sorry, Michael. It has 11 songs. It is 48 minutes long, and it was released August 31st, 1987, almost 35 years old. Also, this episode is sponsored by Taylor Swift's Wonderstruck. It smells like an old lady. So, dumb question. He was not alive when this turned diamond? When did he die? 2009? Mm, He might have been. 30 years? No, wait, wait, wait. In 1987? That was 2017, wasn't it? No, but this list came out in 2016. They might have edited it. First song. The first song... Is the namesake of the album bad? Um, I laugh really hard because I've never caught the line, Your butt is mine. <laughs> the opening line, he opens up his big diamond album had to restart. with the line, <laughs> Your song. butt is mine. Well, there's actually, according to Genius, there's a fact about that. He wanted this song to be a duet with Prince, mm-hmm. but Prince was very against that line. He's like, I don't know who we're going to sing that to because I'm not going to sing that line to you, and you're definitely not going to sing it to me. So, <laughs> that's crazy. That's according to Genius. Um, so this is where we get introduced, not introduced, because obviously we are, you know, but introducing this album to the the king of ad libs with all his oh, shamones yeah. and ah. so um, uh, that's just something I really staple with Michael Jackson that I really really like, just because it's it keeps me in, entertained throughout the whole entire song. Mm-hmm. Um, this is '80s AF, but Michael Jackson gets the pass because it's Michael Jackson and his music is just. So timeless and nice to listen to. It spans decades. Um, the bass line, very nice. Voice of an angel. It's like something a, a tough guy walking down an alley would be listening to. That's at least the, the picture I get because, you know, <laughs> he's bad. Yeah. Um, but only Michael Jackson, going back to the ad lib a little bit, only Michael Jackson can get away with making up a word. Shimon. You say that, but I think Phil Collins got away with the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But Michael Jackson consistently says Shimon across it. his discography. And he always has the whoo hee. Shimon. Ow! Okay, sorry. Uh, so, uh, Shimon. That's all I got to say. Bad. I mean, high energy, upbeat. We all know the song. We all love it. Like Nate said, a lot of these songs are classic 80s Fives, but he's the king of pop, so he gets a pass. Uh, Genius says that Michael's just putting a new definition to bad. It's not necessarily saying that you have to be like a bully. It's just saying you're brave and you're willing to step out. Like you're cool, but you're, you're not. Bad. You're not like a bad person. You're so brave. It's like that line <laughs> in Wreck-It Ralph where he's like, "Just because we are bad guys does, does not mean, mean we are bad guys." guys. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. Like Robbie had already said, Prince was supposed to be on the song and in the video, but then it went to Wesley Snipes. Um, this video is inspired by Edmund Perry, who was killed by a policeman in Manhattan. Sorry. The video was written by Richard Price and directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Fun wow. fact. Yeah, right? That's crazy. But I mean, this was his seventh like solo album. So at this point, Mark Michael, I mean, yeah, he was huge in the Jackson 5, but like, ginormous solo mm. so like 
And he'd already had like Billy Jean and a bunch of that come out, so yeah, you know. Um, but every time I hear the song, I can only think of Weird Al's fat. Oh yeah, I was singing it throughout the song. Cause like they're in the parking garage, <laughs> and he like does the twitches and it's like. Whoosh. You ever heard that song, Ruby? Yes, I'm a big fan of Weird Al. <laughs> Good, aren't we all? But the song is still tough, still bad, if you will, but not bad. I wish his voice was a little more prominent in the song because it doesn't really highlight his like full range, uh-huh. and it's just like kind of in the background behind the main beat. Yeah, but you still get that little rasp in his voice. Um, what else can I say though? Iconic song, kicking bass, rocking synth solo, vibrant brass, and subtle yet effective guitar. Shamon. Uh, this next song is called The Way You Make Me Feel. This is by far, hands down, my favorite Michael Jackson song, just period. Lainey can attest. I thought you were going to flip the table. got <laughs> up immediately as the song came on and straight boogied down the whole entire time. So, it's just it's just a pure, pure vibes. Pure vibes. Um, the way the whole beat cuts out right before he says, you know, the line, The Way You Make Me Feel, mm-hmm. it just makes it hit. All the more hard, and I really, really like that. Uh, he sings like he's really putting his effort into it, and it just it just slaps, bro. I guess it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, this is also my favorite Michael Jackson song. I love it. Uh, I think it has a good swing with the drums, and I think the trumpets add a whole lot to it. Just it's a really groovy, vibey song, and I think it's kind of unique away from like the '80s vibe. Uh, you know, Michael lets his guard down. Uh, he confesses his feelings for a girl. He's not all macho. He's like, I want you. I need you, baby. Come give it to me. You make me feel a certain kind of way. So, yeah, I said the bridge, verse, and chorus are all very diverse, but they build on each other really well. The way I know you read that story from Genius Lyrics, because I have it written down, that <laughs> he lets his guard down and needs assurance from the girl who makes him feel really good and wants her to hold him close. What a strange coincidence. But, honestly, Maybe I didn't... Maybe wrote that article. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, there's not a lot to say. Obviously, it's their favorite Michael Jackson song, and there is a definite reason for it. And, I mean, just straight off the bat, it had a very simple drum beat that was just, I mean, very demanding. It led the way. It set you up for success. Are you Snapchatting in the middle song. of the podcast? How unprofessional <laughs> of you, Robert. And you want to be our third host. <laughs> Get a load of this guy. Well, if I was yeah. third host, I would be on Snapchat. Wait, 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 wait. wait. This is a load of particles. Anyway, yeah. Full on swing of the vibe, music, everything great. Love the song next. The next song is called uh, Speed Demon. Uh, starts... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Speed Demon was not part of the original release. <laughs> Say swear. I swear. It's on the Super Mecha Cog version. Okay, well, you gotta bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. Yes, it is. What version did you no, listen to? No, you gotta show me what Dog. you're looking at. I think you're, I think you're listening to the Super Mega Cock. No, I'm not. <laughs> we are not listening to the Super Mega Cock version. We listen to the, the real version. <laughs> my guy. Bleeps. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a lot of. <laughs> you guys can talk about Speed Demon, but Roby did not listen to Speed Demon. Okay, that's fine, because okay. I... I forgot that's what he looked like. <laughs> okay. That's the singles. 
Singles isn't just the album. You release singles before the album comes out. You big. So he had nine singles before the album came out. Yes. The whole album came out before the album came out. Yes. Yeah. Quite literally. Give me a birthday gift. Birthday with a birthday gift. On my birthday with a birthday gift. And fun fact is that one of them wasn't even originally released in the U.S. Yeah. That's on this album now. So. This, this part excludes Roby. Roby, you Snapchat or whatever. Uh, this next song is called Speed Demon. Uh, starts off with a car just absolutely eating it. Reminds me of the high school parking lots in the morning. Just uh, getting it. Uh, just absolutely getting her done. Uh, I've never heard this one before. I've never... <laughs> I had never heard this one before. Uh, it's almost like an 80s outlaw song. Uh, the bass guitar, when he says Speed Demon, they're literally like ripping on the bass guitar. It's I'm like talking slap like, bass, but on another level. Playing 64th notes. Um, very impressive. Uh, whoever's doing that is absolutely nuts. Bro, I don't care if you Snapchat, but Jesus, man. Uh, <laughs> I turned to die. He's <laughs> he hitting that falsetto around the minute 45 mark. The brass in this is so nice. Uh, definitely some funky undertones in this. Uh, throws it back to his older days. Um, the lyrics in and of itself are a little too repetitive for me, but it still bangs. <laughs> Roby just pulled a Cosmic Brownie out of his hoodie pocket and is now opening the Cosmic Brownie. He is carrying the wrapper from the Cosmic Brownie. He just dropped half the Cosmic (laughs) Brownie, but he caught it. And now he (laughs) put the whole half of the Cosmic... Jesus Christ, man! The whole half of the Cosmic Brownie in his mouth. I bet you money that he can put the whole thing in his mouth. Yeah, I bet you won't. Well, darn. It's fine. You don't even have to talk for us this song. Just inhale the other half while I talk. <laughs> Just don't choke, dog. Okay. Yeah, if you start choking on the podcast. That would make for good content, though. <laughs> so if you want to, like, that's, inhale real quick. That's going on the TikTok. <laughs> if he chokes, we do the Heimlich. <laughs> Roby Roby just tried to take a picture of my feet <laughs> You are so out of pocket You are so out of pocket You are incredibly I like, like you are over there That's how far out of pocket you are The pocket is right here man His flash was on He had the Roby <laughs> Who I'm sweating. Genius lyrics. It says, this is the thrill of being behind the wheel and going 100 plus without anyone or anything in your way. Even if the law is right behind you and asking you to pull over. And then in all caps it says, you will not stop or slow down. Uh, so basically the song is all about having that addiction to speed. Bass goes crazy. Uh want to watch the tutorial just to see how they do it and like speed it up the front like that was just crazy um ad libs choo, choo. <laughs> um also the pronunciation of demon in the song speed them up <laughs> mm-hmm. um not my favorite song honestly but any michael song is a bop so i can't really complain too much next penis and we're back. So this next song is called Liberian Girl. Uh, there's some foreign language going on. I'm not even going to make an assumption because I know it's wrong. Um, it's probably the language used in Liberia. Yeah, but I don't know what the language used in Liberia is. Say the Liberian language. 
the Liberian language. Sorry. Uh, would you call English the Australian language? No. Um, this beat reminds me. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was me. It's English, you uh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking English. Wait, the language in Liberia. Oh, wait, because Liberia is like they're, they're one of the countries right, that no, uses like, that uses the uh, imperial system. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're it's, it's it's literally them, us, and like Myanmar or whatever. And those are the only countries. Anyways, uh, where was I? This is a much more soft spoken song. Um, definitely just like a good background song. Like if this was just playing in the back of something, it's not oh, something I want to super. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes That's sense. Uh, not something I would listen to on my own. Um, something about the harmony he has with himself at about 310. Lovely. Mm. Hit the soul. Fades out, though, which is unfortunate, because I really don't like that. A lot of these songs fade out. Um, this was a new one for me. Uh, it's a cool change of pace with some unique percussion instruments, you know? It sounded like we had some, like, marimbas, maybe? Some xylophones? I, I don't know. Very, uh... African music yes. vibes, you know, like Toto. Um, Michael starts with a soft change of pace from, uh, and then he moves to a more loud and powerful theme. Um, early. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, uh, yeah, I noted the use of language in the song with Swahili. I thought it was cool. I thought maybe he had a thing for a librarian, but it's Liberian, so great harmony to end the song. <laughs> this song was dedicated to Elizabeth Taylor. Um, it was not. This is the one that was not released in the United States. Liberian Girl is the ninth single released from MJ's album, and it was released in Europe and Australia. He was very fascinated with Africa, from the wildlife to the culture. The song has a positive response, but it shone even brighter in Liberia, specifically. The following is a quote from an actual Liberian girl named Margaret Carson, and she said, When that music came out, the Liberian girls were so astonished to hear a great musician like Michael Jackson thinking about a little country in Africa. It gave us hope, especially when things went bad. It makes us feel that we are, part of, that we are still a part of the world. That's all I have. This next song is called Just Good Friends. Uh, did you listen to Just Good Friends? Okay, Roby did not listen to Just Good Friends. Uh, this one, 80s AF as well. Uh, he sang like a saxophone in the beginning, quite literally. He's like, nah, 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 nah. sounds exactly like a saxophone swear. Um, I don't like Stevie Wonder's inclusion on this song, though. Uh, I don't even dislike Stevie. He just sounds weird on this one. He's trying to sound like Michael. Um, so it's it, it was just a weird man I'm so distracted it's just a weird thing I realized I was looking at your crotch and then I say man I'm so distracted uh, he's typing down there guys um, this song otherwise with just your basic Michael Jackson romp um, it was just your basic Michael Jackson romp but the Stevie Wonder just wasn't exactly it for me <laughs> did you read what he read before <laughs> Yes, I read it. Chill out, Roby. Okay. Um, so, like Nate has previously mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> we just pooed it, God. <laughs> that sentence needs to go on like a banister or something. Roby just pooed it, God. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so like Nathan already said, this is a duet between Stevie Wonder, He's Not Blind, and King of Pop, Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> You've not been listening to the podcast thoroughly if you don't get that one. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but it was... Okay, so apparently this album was supposed to have duets with Prince, Whitney Houston, Barbara Streisand, and Diana Ross. Dang, that's a legendary lineup. Right, but apparently Stevie's was the only one of the two that ever materialized. Uh, Whitney, among others, backed out of I Just Can't Stop Loving You, leaving... Oh, what's her name? Sita? I don't Sida? even know. Garrett? So sorry. you. If, if you're new here, um, we don't know how to pronounce names or anything properly. If you're not new here, then I'm so sorry that you've stuck with us this long. Um, did you catch it? Oh, <laughs> Herbie snagged it. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> you're so weird. Um, but Just Good Friends was the only song in the LP not to receive either a music video or a release as a single. It was also the only song apart from Man in the Mirror that Jackson didn't help write. Uh, Michael and Stevie... I hate you both. Uh, sing of a woman who is a mutual lover to them, but she seems to neglect both. Sputnik Music, did not know that was a thing, called it a severely underrated song, which could have been a single. The two only performed the song live once, and it was in Australia on November 20th, 1987. Neither has performed it in its entirety or partially since then. And this song was very 80-something. Next. This next song is called uh, Another Part of Me. Did you listen to this one? Okay. Another Part of Me. Uh, lots of planetary wordplay in this song. The way he says the word part in the chorus, he's like, part? <laughs> like, <laughs> but it oh, hits. Oh, yeah, he does say it. It hits for some reason. Uh, this one's real funky. The buildup in the chorus reminds me a lot of Bad with the brassy hits, and I quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, I thought this one had like a really shimmering intro. Uh, classic 80s vibes. I thought this was one of the most 80s songs on the album. Uh, I said Groovy Beat speaks in love and unification of humanity. He has a lot of songs about humanitarian efforts, and this was just one of those. This was just not one of his better ones. (laughs) No, Man in the Mirror is like the best one. Yeah, yeah. Unless you include We Are the World. Which even then, I don't... I don't know. We Are the World. I mean... Justin Bieber's on We Are the World. Don't talk to me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean it. <laughs> there comes a time. Stop. Stop it. Another part of me. <clears throat> In the 2001 special edition release of the album, Quincy Jones revealed that this song was almost cut from the album in favor of another song called Streetwalker. But the manager at the time tipped the scales for the song by dancing to it. Like a shit? Like me. Trigger warning. Drugs. Uh, a newsflash. Don't do them. <laughs> Another newsflash. It's a screwdriver. <laughs> especially the ones that they demonstrated for you just now. I put it up my nose like a magic trick. Nate did drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> like many of Michael Jackson's songs, this track focuses on humanity, like Robert mentioned, and being unified and loving one another and all of that good stuff. And, oh, oh, I forgot he did black or white. 
Oh, yeah. In multiple interviews and statements, he talked about global unity and unifying the world, though he never claimed a religion except for Jehovah's Witness as a child. You got that right off, genius. Yeah, I did, but, like, I didn't read it. I just copy and pasted it. I what? didn't know that. Um, many people think he was a believer in New Age spirituality as well as Islam. Ironically, Michael was kicked out of Jehovah's Witnesses' church for being too worldly. I thought that was going to go a different direction for a hot second. I was afraid to read. Uh, next song. <laughs> this next song is called Man and the Bear, something we were, we were just talking about. Um, obviously, I've heard this one before. We've gone through a few songs that I hadn't heard, but uh, this is one of his inspirational songs. This was my favorite Michael Jackson song when I was Wait, little. Oh, okay, I was about to say, did you say you hadn't heard this one? Yeah. Um, this is my favorite Michael Jackson song when I was little. Um, it's got a great meaning behind it that I can really dig. Uh... The chorus is also really catchy, which is good for a song like this mm-hmm. because you want it to get stuck in people's ears and they're singing it and you're, they're spreading your message. Um, so, like, and they're doing it unintentionally, like they're not even meaning to. Uh, we got a Shimon in the song, too. So that just automatically bumps it up. Outro's a bit too long for my taste if I have to find something to complain about, but all in all, it's it's a pretty banger. It's... Product oh, placement. that's the the perfume. I thought that was the uh, or that was an uh, ornament. You're just too weird for me, <laughs> and that's saying smells like too. Yeah, it does smell like an old person. Thank you. <coughs> Got it. <laughs> Shimon. Walmart Middle School. Shimon. All right. Do you have notes for the song? You Mark? definitely used it to do. Shut your ass up. <laughs> um. Yeah. This yeah. Song. Middle school. <laughs> Yeah, the song's very soft. Um, I said a humanitarian song, part two. It's a song of reflection and wanting to change. Uh, to begin changing the world, he's got to change himself first. Change starts with the individual. But I like how the song just crescendos into like a soulful, you know, kind of sad to a loud, powerful song. He's like, can I make a change? And he's like, yeah, I can make a change. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. Alright. Um, so the first time I heard the song, I actually really did love it. and I mean, I still do, of course. Uh, yeah, Michael Jackson song. Cool. But this song was nominated for Record of the Year at the Grammy Awards. The song topped the Billboard Hot 100 for two weeks. And it peaked at 21 in the UK. Singles chart in 88. But in 2009, following Jackson's death, it peaked at number two and also became the number one single in iTunes downloads in the U.S. and U.K., having sold over 1.3 million digital copies in the former alone. And Apple Music describes this song as a profound humanitarian plea. I agree. Next. Uh, this next song, I don't know if you listen to this one or maybe. It's called I Just Can't Stop Loving You. I did. Sweet. Okay, then you probably listen to all of them. Uh, I just can't stop, like, all of them. The rest of them. Continuing. Yeah, the yes. Uh, we couldn't figure out if this was Michael in the beginning or the girl feature, uh, cause it was, like, su- he was singing super soft and falsetto, but it turned out to be old Mike, and, uh... You can tell because he's always like, oh, come on, and he breathes, like... <laughs> I-, I caught it, I caught it, um... He breathes, like, really yes. heavily in this. It's supposed to be a magic trick. Um, and we lost our mind when we found out it was Michael. At least I did. 
Um, you've got to be a legend to be featured in a Michael song, though, but I have never heard of this person. Uh, the song is a little too soft for me. She replaced Whitney Houston, though. <laughs> well, not well. Uh, this song is a little too soft for me, though, especially with the beat. Uh, I needed something like that to pick up the pace, keep me interested, mm-hmm. and we do get that in a couple songs, but at this point, I was a little pulling back, you know what I'm saying? Well, I thought the song had a nice, soft beginning, you know, reminiscent of many love songs of this time. Uh, it's a duet. We're excited about that. Love Michael's falsetto. So soft and controlled. Good transition to his partner. I knew it was Michael at the beginning. I, I guess I just have really amazing ears, and I'm blessed. Um, it made reappearance. But I just thought it was beautiful, but it's a little cheesy and cliche for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah I agree it's like that. a typical 80s love song. I said Phil Collins vibes, you know? Yeah, I felt that. Okay. Also, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. When we used to play basketball at Sunnyview, you would always talk about Eminem and Michael Jackson. And you would always, like, go up on your toes and stuff. <laughs> and you always wore those navy blue Adidas shirts. Blue Adidas shoes. I don't know. I just remember that. They were, I, had, I had navy blue Adidas they shoes. They were huge. I own. Yeah, they were super yeah. chunky. Oh my gosh. Was, anyway. They were Jonathan's at one point. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But I just remember you always like talking or singing Michael Jackson or Eminem yeah. or something. Like that's that. why I grew up in the streets. So that was just what we listened to a lot. Right, right, right. Ruby. Lived in the projects. Ruby was that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, this song is a smooth ballad that expresses the strong attachment and infatuation. Yep, infatuation that often accompanies falling in love. This was the first single released from this album and the first of five from the album to chart at number one. I hate you. Um. Oh, apparently Barbara turned this song down too. Yeah, she did. Um. So. I don't know her name, so I'm just going to say her last name. Miss Garrett had no idea that she was being considered to appear on the song, stating that she found out by surprise when reporting to what she thought was a man in the mirror session. So that's actually kind of funny. Um, she revealed that Michael had a lot of fun during the recording sessions and often displayed his humorous side. Um, hold on, I'm just now reading this for the first time. Oh, and then apparently when she was... <laughs> <laughs> You're scarring me. Is that for real? Oh, thank the Lord above, dude. Okay. Is that for real? <laughs> I had to ask. It's Roby. Anyway. I have boundaries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but when it was her turn to sing her part, he would throw popcorn in her face. <laughs> it's kind of like a Jerry. And then the producer, Quincy Jones or whatever, he would, he would start to, like, fuss at her for messing up because he didn't know that Michael Jackson was sitting there just, like, throwing crap at her. Um, yeah, let's just move on to the next song. Uh, the next song is called Dirty Diana. Uh, my girlfriend, Kylie, Dirty has 1,000% shown me this. Uh, I don't like the way he sings the verses in the song, though. Like, the first half of the verse, he's, like, super-duper slow. And then at Can't the end, he, like... It catches up 
it literally feels like video game lag, where you're you go super duper slow and then you run like twenty meters in half a second. I can still smell that. It smells like middle school, Amy. Um, so those verses weren't exactly for me. The chorus pretty catchy, as Roby just sang the da 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 that that little thing going on. Um, it's really really nice. But the verses just kind of throw this off for me. This is like a 4 out of 10 for me. I'm not going to lie. Um, I absolutely love this song. I had not experienced it before. I'd heard of it. But I thought it was very dramatic and fun. Lots of emotion in the song. Even though it's not very like emotional. It's just about a groupie who's tempting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the guitar adds a whole lot to the song. I'd say it's a number 2 for me on this album. That's crazy. That's fair, honestly. Uh, yeah, so album music... Like Robbie just mentioned, it's about a groupie or whatever, and so is Billie Jean, but it takes a different approach on it. Um, and Apple Music describes it something along the lines of like a a furious lust is what the song is about. Mm-hmm. But it is probably the cleanest song about that subject that we have heard so far, considering like Nelly and Outkast and Eminem. And Eminem, yeah. And Usher. Yeah. These are my confessions. Okay, that's a belt, but anyway. So, Dirty Diana tackles the issue of groupies in a more aggressive way, like I just said. Um, is accompanying... I'm sorry. Accompanied by a guitar riff um, from... Uh, okay, it says Ola Beat It, but it's because it's from the same guitarist, uh, Steve Stevens. So, on the song, in an interview in 1987 that Michael did... Um, he said that he loves Dirty Diana. It was one of his favorite songs. It's a life story of a groupie. And it's something that he has experienced. Obviously, he was the king of pop and, you know, whatever. Um, and a lot of people that grow up on the road experience or whatever also have that same groupie experience. And there was one time on a visit to Wembley during his Bad World Tour, Michael took this song out of a lineup in deference to Princess Diana, because it was previously thought that the song was performed. (laughs) But it was previously thought that the song was not performed that night. Um, But it was, in fact, added back to the set list shortly after hearing that it was one of her favorite songs. I'm sorry. (laughs) Me... back sorry it's some out of pocket stuff i just had to cut right there um this i'm sorry this last song is called smooth criminal it's not the last song all right no i meant well i knew what i meant i i know it's not the last song because i have another i know another song i meant this next song anyways uh smooth criminal absolute classic um this is the pace I needed to pick it up. Absolute slapper with the baseline. Quite possibly the most iconic baseline of all time. Um, his high pitched singing at the end of the song hits different. Love that. Quite repetitive, but I was vibing with the repetition, so it's fine. But I'm sure if I lived in the 80s and heard this on the radio all the time, I would get sick of it. Yeah. The song had an eerie start. I was kind of spooked, but then we got to the smooth criminal action. I liked it. Apparently, the song was originally supposed to be a Western musical with Michael's like the gunslinger. Yeah. That's a weird thing. I'm glad he went for the gangster vibe, 
Uh, it just seems to have a good narrative. As uh, an English major, I study narrative quite often. Good plot line. Uh, but he does a good job of using his words uh, that flow to the beat, but also tell a coherent narrative for the reader, or the listener, not reader. Ha 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 ha. Okay, building on to what Roby just said, there have been some critics who state that this song is overly simplistic, but of course they miss the entire point of the song. It was meant to be a song with a hook and a basic story and nothing more. It was created from the beginning as a pure video song. Uh, this was an international smash hit, if you couldn't guess. The song is also remembered for the dance routine in its music video, which includes an anti-gravity lean with the help of anchors in the floor that the dancer's shoes lock into, which of course became one of Michael's like iconic moves where he moonwalk into the hooks and lean forward. Um, yeah, like they said, incredible bass line. Next, last. This last song is called Leave Me Alone. The song's chorus, lovely, just a cool vibe. Uh, there is, I don't have a lot to say, this is a nice little outro, but there is one chord that he builds in the chorus with his voice consistently, and I really, really like that. I like when people not only harmonize in general, but harmonize with themselves or like layer their voice over it. It's just, it's very nice, and I like that touch. Uh, and Michael Jackson does that relatively often, and I can really appreciate that as. Somebody that's like, chords are hard, keeping it all in tune, so. Yeah, he did a great job vocally. I mean, he does that the whole album, but he just really brings it on this last one. Apparently, this song was uh, a response to the false rumors and news posted by tabloids. Uh, but it seems weird to me that it's like, leave me alone, girl. And it seems like he's writing about a specific person and what one person's doing to him. So I'm not sure if I'm buying that. Uh, but I love the drums. Uh, they've been great the whole album. It just has a beat you can really bob your head to. Okay, so Roby just said it was about the rumors and stuff like that. Genius Lyrics actually includes the rumors and everything. So I'm going to read them because it's it's honestly pretty funny. So there was a photograph that was leaked to the media of him lying in a hyperbaric chamber at a hospital that he visited. And stories claim that he slept in the hyperbaric uh, oxygen chamber to slow the aging process on his body. And then Jackson later explained that he was testing out the machine out of curiosity and wasn't in there for a lengthy amount of time. And then, <laughs> and then he bought a chimpanzee, right? And he uh -huh. named it Bubbles. Yeah. And that caused the media to label it as evidence of his increasing detachment from reality. <laughs> and another frequent claim from the media was about Jackson's plastic surgery, specifically his nose, which he admitted to having repaired. And these stories only intensified after his appearance in the 1984 Pepsi um, commercial. That left him almost completely covered in third-degree burns and with no hair. It was also reported that he had offered to buy the bones of Joseph, the elephant man, Merrick. And Jackson stated that the story was a complete lie, and these stories inspired the nickname Wacko Jacko, <laughs> which Jackson acquired the following year and would come to despise. <laughs> But the song was made to act as a B-side and was included as a bonus track on the original CD and cassette issuings of Bad. It is not on the vinyl edition, however, until the subsequent reissues. But this song ended up as the eighth single from this album. It was released um, in February 1989 in every region except the U.S. Um, Leave Me Alone charted at the top in the top 40 in 18 countries and reached on again in 2006, reaching number one in Spain. 
And then the animated short film, which took nine months to, provo- to produce, made fun of many of these tabloid rumors and won six VMA nominations and a 1990 Grammy Award for Best Short Form Music Video. And that is it for this album. Anyways, 1 through 92, Burley and Laney, how do you feel? It sits at 41 right now. So, I mean, I'm a big Michael Jackson fan, so I'm a little biased, but I'm going to put it top 10. I'm going to say it's number 10. That's okay. some hefty... It's it's bold, but I'm doing it. Fair enough. I think we've only moved from one album into the top 10 before. And that was, I think it was just, was it just me that moved it into the top 10? Did you put it in like the teens? I can't remember, maybe. Which album was that? I forgot, big fan of the pod, but I forgot that episode. I forgot, and I'm a part of the podcast. Well, I am too. It when I saw it, you, I it, forgot it too. It wasn't Phil Collins, was it? No, surely not. <laughs> It wasn't Eminem. Uh, who did I do that to? Oh, was I it bet Led it was Brooks. It might have been Led Zeppelin. Okay. It, it, it might have been Led Zeppelin. No, it was Billy Joel. Yes! Yeah, it was okay, Billy no, Joel. That one deserved to be up yeah. there. That one did deserve to be up there. Sorry, guys. We forget about yeah, our The Stranger, podcast. I still listen to that album. Like, uh-huh. yeah, anyway. Swear. Uh, I would move it up, definitely. But as a Michael Jackson album, it didn't fully do it like for me to move it up like mm-hmm. crazy amounts. Um, so Roby said number ten. <laughs> I I'm gonna say somewhere between thirty three and twenty seven. See, I guess it, I guess it just shows the differences between our music tastes because I feel like if anything, this is like about right. For me, if That's if nice. anything, I'll move it up like 39, 38, 37. If you're a consistent watcher of the podcast, I bring up 80s stuff. Just really, it doesn't do it for me. I, um, some of it's good, don't get me wrong. But, but just, going into that, did it really feel like an 80s album? Because I feel like this album, starting off at least... It was very decade fluid, almost genre fluid to a certain point. And then you can kind of tell that it's eighties and like the undertone of some songs, mm-hmm. but then others it just sounded like straight up eighties. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh Ruby, you want I definitely think it has eighties vibes to it. I think the songs that stand out, the ones we listen to the most today, kind of stray away from that eighties formula mm-hmm. and template. But I think overall this is an eighties album. Well, it's definitely got those eighties, those that eighties feel in all these songs. Like there's, there's plenty of synth. There's plenty of those like eighties sound effects with like the, the like sound effects for like drum hits and stuff. Like th- there's all of that sort of stuff going on. But Michael Jackson's music has aged so well that it's almost like it's it's eighties, but it's also Michael Jackson is just like on his own platform in the eighties. Like yes, there's these eighties undertones, but it's Michael Jackson music. You wouldn't refer to a bunch of Michael Jackson music as like, oh, that's eighties music. He came and performed at Neon Stadium. Yeah, I heard about that. My mom was supposed to go to that. Wasn't there like a big riot because everybody was like racist? That's, yeah, so they didn't go. Oh, that yeah. sucks. Um, that's lame. That's a that's a unfortunate thing to miss out on. Maybe you can come back to Neyland. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, uh, hyperbaric chamber, you never know. Low 30s, half 40s for, for me personally, though. That's fair. All right. So, anything you guys would like to say before we start wrapping this thing up? 
No. No. So, the vlog social media. Vlog hopefully coming soon. Yes, okay, vlog okay. hopefully coming soon. Social medias: uh, Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM Pod, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast, YouTube, the Diamond Mind, TikTok, Diamond Mind Podcast. Like, follow, subscribe, all sorts of stuff. Comment. Um, thank you to our guest Roby for Thanks being for on the podcast me, again. I know it's it's a wild um, card when I'm on here. You never know what to expect. Pro- probably won't be the last time. We've still got plenty of albums to go, so I'd I'd love to have you on again. I can't believe you guys will have me back. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, this has been. I don't know what the next album we're gonna listen to is. Um, Simone. Chat, chat him up, Roby. Be charming. Well, uh, guys, if you're lucky, you may see Nate uh, has a, an award for me he'd like to present to me. So uh, <laughs> we may have that on the TikTok. We may include it in this podcast episode. You never know. Why do you have a Hello Kitty house key? Um, so Hello Kitty house key. I house it for a lot of people. Uh, one guy thought it'd be funny if the key he gave me was a Hello Kitty key. <laughs> and then their lock broke. They changed the locks, got a new key for me, and he kept the theme of Hello Kitty. So, yeah, I have a Hello Kitty key on my key ring. Anyways, anything else you guys would like to say? No. Would you like to present the award to me uh, for the TikTok? I'd have to, like, go out to my car, man. Yeah, on the TikTok. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, This has been the Diamond Mind Podcast. Uh, We'll be back at you next week with Whitney Houston. (laughs) 